Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring a Steven Universe Miraculous Ladybug, the new Powerpuff Girls, and Archer. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Justin Cummings. Hello, hello, hello. And Michelle Ander. Hey, guys. Today, Justin, Michelle, and I will be taking your voicemails, questions, and comments on the latest episode of Steven Universe Barnmates. Uh, this is our listener feedback show for Barnmates. Uh, we do a listener feedback show after our episode discussion every week here on the Overly Animated Podcast for Steven Universe. You can check us out at OverlyAnimated.com or search for the Overly Animated Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Uh, this is, this is uh, we record this a, a day or two after the episode airs. We... Uh, you guys can go to overlyanimated.com slash feedback next week uh, to leave your voicemails, send me your questions, and then we'll play them and discuss everything about this episode. If you missed our uh, previously on the Overly Animated podcast, if you missed our talk on Barnmates uh, yesterday, we're uh, I talked with Delaney and Sam. We we're very positive on it. Uh, now we will get, uh, Justin and Michelle's thoughts, but I already mentioned everything about that. Oh, quick note. Um, I talked about this yesterday on yesterday's podcast. Um, we are aware that the spoilers are out. Uh, we will not be giving spoiled, spoiler filled discussion on this episode or any other podcast that we're doing. Um, I have seen the spoilers. I am not sure. I think Justin has, I assume Michelle has. Yes, I have. Yeah. I have. Okay. So be so that's just full disclosure we are aware of what happens next but we will not be mentioning it um full disclosure (laughs) we'll not be discussing full disclosure and you can i the only place on overlyanimated.com where we discussed spoilers was a review i did of the spoiler episodes you can check that out on overlyanimated.com slash category slash blog and um yeah let's get into uh uh barn mates once again um we haven't heard from Justin and Michelle yet on this episode. Let's start uh, with Justin. What uh, generally did you think of this episode? I really like this episode. I, uh, I've seen it three or four times now. It's currently, I'd say, my fifth favorite episode. I thought it was really wow. good. I love the pacing. It's official. It's on an index card and everything. It's, it's <laughs> very good pacing. There was one particular moment I didn't like. Uh, Dylan already knows that moment. I'm assuming we're getting into that later. So I'll hold off on that. But overall, I thought it was a really, really strong episode. So you can tell that we have seen the spoilers and we have watched this. We've been sitting on this episode for a week when Justin already has its its ranking within all of the Steven Universe episodes. <laughs> that's how, that's, I got really bored last night, okay? Yeah, that's how you know uh, we've been sitting on this for a while. Um, yeah, I've also seen it like three or four times, the four times yeah, at this same. point. So uh, yeah, we, we're, we'll be more prepared than usual. Michelle, what do you generally think of this episode? I, I really liked it. I thought it was really strong. I'm just, I'm getting so happy now because I think I was a little, because I, I honestly wasn't crazy about um, Super Watermelon Island or Gem Drill. And I was, I was concerned this was going to be like a reflection of season three overall going in, but the episodes have just been getting better and better. So I, I've been really, really happy. Um, I really like this episode. I liked seeing, because we all, we all been wondering what was going to happen when Lapis found out about Peridot. Um, and now it's all kind of come to a head and it's kind of gratifying to see like both of those personalities play out and like all this kind of stuff that's going on with them and how it's kind of being, um, blown out a little bit with both of them together. Um, and I think it's definitely something that's going to maybe be in a little bit of the background now moving forward with the season, but their relationship's definitely going to keep developing. And I think that's really great for a lot of reasons. So I really, yeah, I really like this episode. That was really good. Yeah, definitely seeing a lot of positive feedback. I don't think I've heard anyone who dislikes uh, Barnmates. I mean, as, as you see, as you see on the uh, spoilered article, I gave this a nine point two out of ten on my exhaustive grading scale, um, <laughs> which is very high. At the same time, it is um, lower than Gem Drill and Same Old World. Gem Drill barely being higher. So I, I, th- I guess I, I don't think I'm like less high on this episode than maybe Michelle's. I think I was just higher on the previous two. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I also very much like uh, this one, but I, I don't know. I just I just was in love with same old world. Um, let's a lot of stuff to talk about with this one. Um, I, I we recorded uh, our podcast yesterday, and we were having controversial discussion over Lapis's portrayal. And I expected um, people to be like 
have strong opinions on that, but you guys seem to not care as much as um, as we did on the podcast. Not not care, but just like you like had more nuanced opinions. Um, so I think that that's uh, that's good. But let's let's start getting into some of your guys' feedback. Uh, start with a voicemail from Sweet Shipper on Tumblr. I really did enjoy Bartmaid's. I thought it was a very good episode. I'm personally a fan of episodes that have to do with development for characters. Yes. And the main thing I really liked about the episode is how we're getting to see a bit more of Lapis and how she has a very stubborn side to her. And I also like how Steven points this out, just saying, like, you're being really rude to Paradigm, stuff like that. And I'm glad that where we're getting some of that, we're getting to see a bit more of Lapis' flaws. Overall, I thought it was a really good uh, episode. Yeah. Um, of note, I'm going to be, tr- I truncated, I think, all the voicemails this week. I'm still testing how we're going to be doing this, whether I include the introductions or not at the beginning. I don't think anyone cares. Um, yeah. I can, thank you very much, Sweet Chip Brown Tumblr, for sending that in. We had our first non Patreon voice, patron voicemails this week. And, yeah. And our other, <laughs> our other voicemails are from a non patron as well. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Definitely everyone positive about this. Uh, sweet- they love us. They, uh, the 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 legions of two people who send in voicemails this week love us. Um, the uh, overlyanimated.com slash feedback next week, guys. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Tripper brings up a really interesting part at the end of the episode, and I assume we'll get into this a lot, about how Steven's kind of chastising Lapis at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's... it's uh, I, when I, I Every time I see that, um, Steven's words disconnect from um, his intentions, I guess... I don't, I never read it. What do you say that? Like, I don't read it as, like, harsh from Steven. It's almost like uh, him just trying to understand, I guess, what mm-hmm. what the motivations are. I don't, I never read. I agree with that. I never read Steven in this scene as, like, uh, Lapis, you're such a jerk, you know? Um, like, I don't, I don't think that's the intent. And I think it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I think we have another feedback relating to this. So, uh, an, an anonymous person on Tumblr says, uh, love the episode. The interactions between Lapis and Peridot seem pretty natural. After Peridot left and Steven seemed very disappointed in Lapis, I think that was the turning point to make her possibly try to forgive her. Of course, this probably isn't the end of the struggle, but it certainly is a first step in forgiveness. Uh, I thought this was a really good point because, yeah. because like, I, it's always jarring to me watching the end of this episode. Um, you feel like it's like all resolved and it doesn't feel worth like it, it's been earned. Yeah, it's like there's like two points. It's like one, I don't think the end of this episode is a resolution to this, the conflict presented in the episode. And I don't think it's supposed to be. But I the, agree. But at the same time, um, we'll discuss this more in future weeks, whether that's the case or not. Uh, number two is uh, I do think it's a there's a pretty drastic shift between um, the final interactions between Lapis and Peridot and what we see before that. And I think this, uh, this, per- this person brings up a very interesting point in that it's really is going to take Steven to get through to Lapis and Lapis seeing Steven, uh, like disappointed and not endorsing her actions, I think is is more meaningful than anything Peridot could have said, uh, at, and at did the entire episode. So I really I do buy that as a really breakthrough point for, uh, for Lapis, and I think that makes a lot of sense given throughout the episode we saw the the dis- disparity between Lapis's reactions to Steven and Peridot, how she's just uh, very happy with Steven and very not yeah. happy with Peridot. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Thoughts? Agree. What do you think, Justin? I definitely agree with that. I think I think she seems almost too accepting of Steven's opinion. It's like, no matter what he says, she'll believe it. And I'm okay with it now. I'm scared as to where that might go in future. But mm-hmm. I think Steven, this is a perspective that no one's really mentioned yet. We watched the back half of last season. Steven have to deal with everyone being against Paradox. He was the only one who thought Peridot had any good in her, and he had to put up with every single gem, constantly getting after Peridot for every little thing. So here comes Lapis, and she's doing the exact same. Of course he's going to be exasperated, because he doesn't want to have to see this happen to Peridot again after she just got through that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand it on kind of all sides. Like, that's that's my view of this episode, is uh, I, like, I and don't necessarily endorse Lapis's 
like uh, tone or whatever, but I 100% understand it. I don't blame her. I don't blame Peridot for how she's acting. Obviously, she's acting great. And I don't blame Steven for how he's like every everyone's behavior just makes perfectly logical sense to me. I think with Lapis, you just really need the context that out of all the people in the entire universe, Steven is probably the only one over the past thousands of years who has uh, treated her at all well. Um, including Peridot, who treated her very badly before. And uh, this is... We, don't, we never saw those two interact, to be clear. We don't know how bad <clears throat> Peridot So we, do, we don't know how bad, like... I, I mean, I th- assume Peridot was just very emotionless with this, but he, Peridot, like took her without her will stuck her in jail and th- threw her back to earth it's it's very it's a very bad action um this is a oh. very this is a very different paradox now but uh and as paradox seems genuinely like re- not really remorseful but she definitely acknowledges it and fr- mm-hmm. from paradox logical perspective like okay that's not me anymore i understand uh like that this is this is not the case anymore um but lapis like doesn't know that like she asked steven i think it's a very uh, pertinent point is like why do you trust her like why do you think that she really has changed like this is in direct contradiction to what i've seen and lap pa- lapis wasn't there for paradox like uh life-changing zuko uh turning arc you know like field trip. Le- sure. th- all the field trips she wasn't there so it just like i think it would have been anything less than what we saw in this episode for me would have made no sense for lapis's behavior like it just it just like it, this is the only thing that works with what we've seen on the show can I give my one grief against Lapis? Yes, let, yeah, let's get into Go it. Go for it. Okay, because you and I talked about this briefly on our own. I was okay with every single thing Lapis did. I am okay with her her actions, her tone, everything, except crushing the tape recorder. I thought that one thing was too far. So and what is it about to... specifically about that, uh, that that went too far for you? I don't know if it's just I'm a very optimistic person in general or if it's my personal experience and history, but here's Peridot. She is very clearly being sincere, giving her her most prized possession in the entire world, opening up to her, and just a blatant hatred. It's not even like an anger or a fed up. It's just this hatred. Had she, had she done anything else? I would have been fine with it. I get her not accepting it. It was the destruction that I thought was over the line. And that has nothing to do with like a sexist thing. If a male did it, I would be just as upset. That to me was just over the line. Anything else I would have been fine with. Her attitude, I get. It was just that blatant hatred. Uh, Thoughts, Michelle? um, So um, I yesterday... Um, someone had posted this very thoughtful, um, analysis of Lapis, um, and I believe their username is SU Fairlanes, and it brought up a lot of points about Lapis that I think I had always kind of, like, thought about, but never in such a clear way, and I think it explained a lot of, like, why the dynamic between those two ended up as it was and how it, you have like a lot of people in the fandom right now, like pointing fingers at Lapis or Peridot and saying like, one's clearly right. And one's clearly wrong. When obviously that's not like what the show's trying to do. And that's not really what you should be doing since they're very complicated. One point they brought up that I thought was really, really crucial was, um, so Lapis, Lapis is kind of different now than she was i think i think being malachite did something profound to her and i think her her approach to being with other people um has a lot to do with her not wanting to you know open up and be friendly because for her being vulnerable like led to like thousands of years of just like interrogation and being a prisoner and i think in a lot of ways, just seeing Peridot reminds her of what she used to be like, you know, because last time she saw Peridot, she was, you know, in jail and she was being interrogated and she was brought back to Earth against her will. And like in a lot of ways, that's also a repeat of her being imprisoned in the mirror and interrogated by a homeworld and questioned, you know. So I think it's not even about like her thinking Peridot, like literally like, was abusive to her. I think it's more that Peridot represents like a part of her past she really doesn't want to relive in a, a kind of 
person she doesn't identify with anymore. I think since she's become Malachi, she's decided that being distant from people is a much better way of like maintaining control. And in control is like such a big thing with Lapis, you know? And when she, when she does fuse with Jasper, her line, you know, I don't even think that was really about Jasper anymore. I think it was more about just like, she says, I'm through being everyone's prisoner, you know? I don't think that was even particularly about Jasper. She just, she was like, she kind of snapped in a way and she, she saw that she'd been, you know, passive and victimized for so long and she just she was just sick of it and by being Malachite in a way I think that gave her a kind of power even though it was like very self-destructive a kind of power that she hadn't had in a long long time and she she never really wanted to be like that old passive lapis again and I think you know seeing Peridot she's reminded of what it was like being with Peridot the last time and last time she was really passive and she didn't really have much of a choice and so she doesn't it's like both that and the fact that I don't think she really knows how to connect with people. And she I, she feels like, you know, to be friends with Peridot, she'd have to open up, right? I mean, they'd have to communicate and be like honest. And she feels like opening up would be another way of being vulnerable. And she absolutely does not want to be vulnerable again because she's afraid of losing control and not having power, you know? So I think like that's like the lapis side. The, par- the Peridot side is like, Peridot's super, you know, she's like, she, she's really proud of, like, how far she's come. And she's very self-aware of, you know, how likable and enjoyable she is now. And her, 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 like, growing capacity to be a good person and to be empathetic to Steven and the other gems. And I think for her, it's really important that Lapis, like, acknowledge that she's different, you know? And the fact that Lapis isn't what I think to do with her makes her feel like, Probably that Lapis, like, doesn't see her as any different and doesn't trust her. And that, like, that really cuts her up. So I think that's part of the reason she didn't really give Lapis any space, you know? She's just so concerned about, like, being in her good graces and, like, giving her all these presents and stuff. But I think they both were just kind of trying to do what was best for each of them. But they weren't really at a point until the end where they could start to become actual friends. And I think... It's it's such a big step for Lapis to even protect Peridot at all, you know, because she's not she's not going to get very far with anyone if she doesn't realize that she does have to be vulnerable again. But I think that's like the biggest struggle for her right now, because she doesn't she feels like being vulnerable equals losing control and that people can hurt her if she lets them in, you know, and Steven's like the one person that she's willing to do it with. But I think maybe, you know. Her being friends with Peridot, hopefully over the course of the season, is going to be what helps her learn to, like, that she can have both, you know? She can be in control, but she can also be vulnerable, and she can still connect with people. But it's like, you know, she's been... This has been going for, like, so many thousands of years, you know, being trapped in all that, like, resentment and hostility. I think, like, it's going to take a while for her to reach a point where she can do that, but it might first happen with Peridot, you know? Outside of Steven. Right. Yeah, that's that's some great analysis there. Um, continuing on with that, I think that basically the end of this episode it rep- is Lapis separating Peridot from um, this ho- this awful disdain she has for um, Homeworld, the Earth, kind of everyone, because yeah. she's gone through such awful, awful stuff the uh, the past you know thousands of years of her life, and it just continues to happen. Um, it's not that I don't think the t- pressing the tape recorder is Lapis having a hatred for Peridot. I think it's yeah. I think she's just afraid of getting close, and she she doesn't realize till Stephen like really like tries to like tell her that like Peridot has changed. That like it's possible that she could be friends with Peridot and it would be okay. It's it's yeah. It's it's that Peridot isn't part of like the thing that she hates. It's like yeah. Just had to get outside that and. She, the only one person in the entire world I was outside of that right now for Lapis, Steven. And that's why she's so happy towards him the rest of the episode. And just, it's it's like, it's not that it's any specific sort of hatred towards Peridot. It's just like, like it's just everything that's gone wrong with her expressed through that emotion. I, yeah, my, it's really about what she represents versus like Peridot yeah. herself. My, my comparison here is um, some sort of very, very general example, some sort of rioters 
um, who have a very justified cause and are very angry at a system that is against them, a society against them, and they riot and they maybe like destroy a car or smash glass or something. And um, when I see that happen, and I agree that it's like a just, and I like understand why they're upset, and I understand this this cause. I don't say, "Wow, you are so you're such awful people for destroying this property." I say, "You know, I understand what's happening here. Like, this isn't your fault. This is this is um, this is a manifestation of uh, of the injustices in society." And I think that's the reaction that I was feeling towards Lapis in this episode. Like, I understand what she's going through. It's not a, it's not a matter of condoning or uh, or whichever one that means, <laughs> or uh, like accepting or rejecting her actions. They're just her actions. Yeah, it's just the exactly. way. It's just the way it's it's happening right now because of uh, this the awful awful experiences she's gone through. In addition, I think from Lapis's perspective, I don't really think the tape recorder is different from anything else she's done. Like exactly, I, she yeah. doesn't know how much it means. To right, her I think that's she just been yeah. around for that. From our perspective, I can yeah, it's certainly meant to exhibit. Um, <laughs> you know the type of feelings that that are invoked by a lot of people um like i've said before i don't think this episode is attempting to portray lapis in a negative light i think that it is um basically having a neutral look on on her actions um and wrapping this up a side note i really love this scene and the reason i love that uh like this this crushing of the tape recorder uh so much is is Peridot's reaction to it um Peridot doesn't even care this is the most important object to her in the world of her new world and she's this is the biggest evidence that she really is uh genuinely concerned uh with uh Lapis accepting her mm-hmm. and uh her you know her friendship with Lapis she just doesn't care and she's so much more concerned with 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 trying to convince Lapis and it's such a great portrayal of uh of uh, of everything that's going on with Peridot's character right then. Um, yeah, I think her willingness to leave once Lapis like asked her to. Yeah, that too. Like, is it, that's that's so yeah. important. People never do that. Like, it's like give me space. People just don't, and then you know that they're not worth it. Kind of. So um, that's like totally the action that Peridot should have taken there. And it's like, yeah, you get it, Peridot, in that action. Like, you just yeah, you leave. You're accepting. You're giving this person like autonomy and stuff like that. And it's it's that that whole sequence I think is really. Obviously subtle. I mean, you spent 20 minutes or whatever talking about it wasn't 20 minutes, 10 minutes, like analyzing the actions behind it. And um, there's a lot behind it, I think. And it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I can understand a lot of reactions to that scene. I do think the episode is probably trying to portray a, a neutral, you know, everything with mm-hmm. going on with Lapis. I mean, I feel like a lot with this show, because <clears throat> we've seen like Amethyst and Pearl also do like, I guess what people could, would consider questionable things. And I don't think this show ever like, wants you to point fingers i think it just like wants you to present you with these like characters who are doing things and just have you understand why they're doing it yeah you know and then you can draw your own conclusions of whether or not like you agree or disagree but yeah. like as long as you get what they're doing and why they're doing it, i think like that's all the show the show's trying to do is for us like making you draw a conclusion about how you feel towards a character yeah and like i said last podcast i think potentially there's an issue here in that uh, the show's portrayal of Peridot is like too sympathetic, so it's it's hard to be neutral with her. Um, I think that's potentially what's going on here. Is is Peridot's like been more sympathetically portrayed, more uh, more of like a, a great presence on the show than anticipated. So uh, maybe some sort of neutral conflict here is is present is uh, the audience interprets as maybe anti Lapis more than was intended. Um, yeah, we don't need to get into my Peridot's too good of a character theories again, but I think there's that's a little bit going on here. Um, anything briefly to add, Justin? I think, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on, on this topic. Uh, really, just... I, I, think, I have nothing against Lapis in this episode. I like where they're taking her character. I just thought that... I, uh, it's almost... I think they wrote... It's hard to explain. I, like, I'm not mad at Lapis, per se. It's more of just, I think that betrayal was too quick. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's intended to be something to the audience, like, have, have elicit these types of feelings to the audience. Um, it's oh, yeah, supposed you're, to, supposed to, you're supposed to be crushed when she... It's supposed to be, like, the her. climax of the uh, the escalating um, Peridot's attempts and Lapis's rejections. But, yeah, again, mm-hmm. I do think from Lapis's perspective, this is nothing different than what she did all episode. Um, so it's just a, it's a differing perspective, I'd say. Um, let us know what you thought of any of this. Uh, we still have a lot more feedback and topics to get to, so we're going to continue on. Let's turn to, uh, voicemail from John from Baltimore, who wants to give his thoughts on, which one am I playing? One or two, he's two voicemails. Number one, on the episode. I really liked, uh, Barnmate's 
I thought it set up uh, Peridot and Lapis as good roommates. It really makes me look forward to maybe in like 10 episodes or so when we go back to the barn and see what they've been doing together, maybe bickering together as a as a crazy couple. Um, also, uh, have you guys ever thought that maybe the reason Lapis is so powerful with all her water is because there's so much water on Earth? Tell me what you think. Thanks. Okay, so I've I got That's like actually a really cool <laughs> idea. I got yeah, six no. I got six pieces of feedback this week, and two were on Lapis's power disparity. Let's let's take this <laughs> this message from disparity. the Teen of Steel, who says on Tumblr says this is uh, Barnmates was actually a pretty good episode. It was interesting how Lapis delved a little deeper into her feelings about her imprisonment as Malachite. Also, I think it's important to point out how powerful Lapis really is. As we've seen in Ocean and Mirror Gem, if she has access to a source of water, she's a force to be reckoned with. Even with the makeshift pool, she had more than enough water to make uh, a hand to smite the ship out of the air also i always wondered is lapis not seen as a threat on homeworld because water doesn't exist since they are inorganic and do not need water to survive so coming to earth she's seen as this powerful gem because earth is a planet that is abundant in water so kind of on the same page there is john i think this is super interesting i hadn't really thought of this before it's, it's basically the superman argument on krypton superman is just a normal person he has no special powers it's only on earth where we have a different kind of sun that he does have all these extra abilities. And so basically that's what makes, I think that's the same thing that we can apply to Lapis. It's only on earth that she gets these abilities. And so anyone from Homeworld could be comparable to Lapis until put in the situation. Basically. Do you, do you buy this uh, no water on Homeworld? So Lapis is not as powerful there. I think it depends. Cause like we look at that colony that we saw and um, it could have been great like how earth was going to look it didn't seem like there was going to be much water left so i don't know if they have any use for it yeah uh i i i kind of think there's a lot of truth to this i i'm kind of buying it uh i just don't see why the gems need water so i don't know why homeworld would have water on it like i think it makes perfect sense um michelle thoughts buying it uh, well, I, I agree as far as the water is concerned. I think that's something they didn't really count on that, you know, she definitely took full advantage of. But um, as far as like her, her uh, sort of like mirror like powers, I feel like Homeworld knew about those. And I feel like that's part of why she was sent to Earth in the first place when it was a colony. I think they knew she could record history and that was a separate power she had. Mm, I, don't, so I, don't, I, I don't know if I've thought of that as like a power. That's interesting. I think it's definitely a power. It's just really, because we don't really know who, besides her being in the mirror, we don't really know how she used it except for like that one part in Same Old World when she does use water as a reflective surface to like go back in time. Yeah. Um, but I think that's something they knew about. And in that case... She has multiple powers, but the water one wasn't really much of a thing um, that they were concerned with, I guess, until she got to Earth. Yeah, there's some people who seem to be big on this uh, Lapis as like a separate power thing with all the mirror type stuff that happens. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm seeing that as such a separate thing. I don't know if it's... it's... I see it as its own ability, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, not we, yeah. she's the only gem we've seen do it. Yeah, which seems pretty spe- special, although she's obviously not the only Lapis Lazuli, since Perida talks about them generally. Lapis Lazulis are partial to, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so she I- might not be super rare, but she could be maybe a little below, like, a sapphire or something. Yeah, I think I need more information on this. Um, I just, I, I can't draw conclusions. I think I think we should note that, considering par- Peridot says Lap- Lazulis are partial to water, right? Like, there has to be at least some water. For Somewhere. them to be partial to on Homeworld, you know, or or maybe that maybe we were maybe like we have the wrong perception of the gems on Homeworld, and they really are kind of just spread out over colonies through the planets they conquer, and then some planets they conquer have water or something like that. Um, I always have the perception that like all gems live on Homeworld. Uh, it's possible that the I, I do think we've kind of been seeing an increasing picture recently, especially with Lapis coming to Earth. Um, this, and they've been talking about the Earth colony. I think it's possible that gems are spread out over the universe. That's a broad topic, anyway. Um, oh yeah, and the, the comparison I wanted to make here is to our other, um, our other frequently uh, combative, pissed, uh, water manipulating female heroine in animation. Katara also has amplified abilities under no. certain conditions. 
um specifically oh, a full no. moon lapis a, on a full moon a full moon right <laughs> so she can already uh, move an entire ocean she does not need a full moon i don't i think that uh yeah i think that they haven't gotten into the moon influence thing in in the show um, yeah I don't, if, I don't know if they will in addition katara also needs um sources of water was also a big thing for her she had to carry around the canteen and uh water yeah all the time to be able to yeah. use her power but that's so not I, an issue at beach city uh, right. Uh, except that uh, apparently this barn is this barn location is very far away from their their temple and far away from the water, which I didn't know until this episode. They're probably what I'd say half an hour to an hour. I th- I always, my perception before this episode was it's like five minute walk, like right there from downtown. From no, from like yeah, from like where their houses where they live. But well, this episode I mean, presents it as like they go very far to this abandoned barn. Yeah. Yeah, Even it seems like it made it country. seem like it was a while. In what? Steven's birthday, because I mean, Connie had to like. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I always thought she was just coming from um her her hometown, which is to spit, which is far from Beach City, though. Wait, Connie doesn't live in Beach City. Connie, the right? Connie lives in. Oh yeah, she doesn't. She lives. What? I don't. I don't know what the. Their way. I don't. Because winter forecast, they have to drive out of Beach City to get her home. Yeah, they do. Yeah, she doesn't. I don't know if it's. I don't know what the technical classification is like. If that's like a separate city, or they definitely. It's definitely a drive. Neighboring. It's probably just a neighboring, like more urban location. It's definitely a drive, like as presented in those episodes. Yeah. Is it Bayburg? <laughs> I don't know if we have it by name yet. I mean, I don't think it was a ocean-fronted community, so I don't oh. think it would be any of the ones Stephen listed. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe she lives closer to Crystal City or um, Empire. Empire City. Empire City. Someone sent an ask about Crystal City recently, though, because that was mentioned in a supplementary material and how Wait, they thought what? it was Baltimore. Yeah, apparently it hasn't been talked. We don't need to get into that. It hasn't been talked about on the tweet? show. No, no, no. It's just uh, you missed a uh, ask on my Tumblr, I think. That's <laughs> very important to keep up with. Those. I don't have a Tumblr. Yeah, yeah that, stock Dylan's that's, Tumblr. Just that's not that's not my solution. problem. Uh, we have a question here from Steve who says, um, hi, guys, what do you think of comparing Lapis and Peridot's relationship to that of Katara and Zuko from the Western Air Temple through the Southern Raiders in Avatar The Last Airbender? Is that similar? Um and he said Lapis was telling the truth. She was taking a vacation from water. Was Lapis telling the truth? She was taking a vacation from water. Was just saying that to say no to Peridot. If uh, that was Steven that gave her the pool, would things be different? If anyone is going to have psychological issues with water, I think it would be Jasper. Hmm. That's probably yeah. true. So what what was your read on this, Michelle? Do you think Lapis was just being like rejecting Peridot? Or do you think uh, I'm kind of taking a break from water right now is true? I feel like it could be like half sarcastic but also half true i think a lot of it had to do with you know it was a funny line and also she hates (laughs) peridot yeah um but i mean it could be partially true um what else did he ask like three or four things what else did he ask well no just let's just talk about this one for now justin justin what's your take on this i had i think it kind of is going to depend on the same old world and how she acted over the ocean Part of me thinks that because she kind of like lost focus, almost dropped Steven, that yes, water does give her this kind of bad reaction. That was from looking at Homeworld Warp. Yeah, but it was also the Galaxy Warp specifically. She still landed, controlled the water. So that makes me think she's not that against it right now. I think, yeah, I think it's mostly true, um, but exacerbated by her. Yeah. Her uh, hatred by which Peridot represents, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The things we discussed before. Yeah. Um, so Steve posted a longer comment about this on one of our, you can comment on overlyanimated.com on our specific podcast articles, um, about this comparison between uh, Lapis and Peridot in this episode and Katara and Zuko in uh, Avatar 312, the Western Air Temple. Um, so I think that, first of all, the reaction is going to be somewhat similar. A lot, there's a, somewhat of a vocal minority of fans who were very uh, anti-Katara's behavior at the end of the Western Air Temple. And I think we're similarly seeing a minority of fans very, very anti-Lapis's behavior in this episode um, for both of them rejecting the new integration of uh, the villain-turned-hero redemption arc fan-beloved characters that are very similar in Peridot and Zuko. A very similar situation going on here. Though I think for... Katara, her her distrust came from the fact that Zuko had like outright kind of betrayed her 
and the team. And yeah. for Lapis, it's more about just like what Peridot like represents. I think that's like, true. A much larger yeah. way. It's not really a, as much of a personal way. I mean, I think that's true. I do think we're forgetting Peridot imprisoned Lapis and forced her to come to Earth. Like this is something that we didn't see as specifically on the show, which is a difference. Like, but we didn't see Peridot in prisoner. For all we know, yeah, uh, Lapis, really Lapis, like Lapis says it this episode though. That's yeah, the thing. How much hearsay can we take from no, they, side? no, 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 I'm flat out rejecting that. Like, you believe uh, the victim in the circumstance, like, this is absolutely what happened. And um, I think Yellow Diamond told Peridot, You, I don't, I don't necessarily, Lapis getting the ship, right? Go. So, it's not that Peridot's acting of her own will, although the right. way Peridot presents it is she says, I needed an informant. She doesn't say Yellow Diamond instructed me to get an informant in this episode, but that being said, of course, Peridot's not fully free willed on Homeworld, she's under Yellow Diamond's influence. That being said it doesn't matter she did it like from lapis's perspective this is a clear um this is something from, from lapis's perspective it's like and a, from an objective perspective also because is this is bad. what happened we know you know? it's bad but we didn't see it like we saw the under yes yeah, so we didn't see it that's you. the di- that's the difference right like the zuko thing we saw and uh, we saw zuko trying to kill Meng uh multiple times multiple times yeah uh, but we didn't see uh and again we have steven and ang trying to facilitate the you know the uh the reconciliations between the characters who are very similar characters and we talked about that and they both tried to talk uh talk their way into solving these giant problems recently um these ex- absurdly similar situations i you, you can't i think it's considering how similar they are you have to say that these this episode is heavily influenced by this arc on avatar um i think all of it was the entire redemption arc kind of the whole redemption arc is zuko just the zuko the yeah and of course the zuko redemption arc is not um super original like it's redemption arc but avatar you have to consider at this point where we are and it's a it's a little bit weird to consider this but avatar is classic american animation at this point and um it's going to be one of if not the biggest influences on any series we cover right now so um yeah this definitely seems like a big uh a big uh had a big a big like influence on this episode i think it's interesting because katara at the end of the western air temple uh gives a blatant death threat to, to zuko um and i don't really think that we're seeing anything on that level from as much as we're we've been debating how much to criticize lapis i don't think we've been seeing anything on that level from lapis in this episode i think the worst thing lapis did was crushing the uh tape recorder which is far from uh i'm gonna kill you if you step out of line like katara said to zuko so um but that be but that being said i think most of us saw katara's actions as more sympathetic in that episode right so i think that's pretty interesting even though she was given to being like much arch much archer i think in part because like this was a, an established, more established character than Lapis Katara, one who we're more sympathetic to, one who's uh, the whole situation we'd seen a lot more. But anyway, yeah, interesting to see. I think this episode is a better example of this story than uh, the Westerner Temple, which I've never been super high on as an Avatar episode. Um, yeah, let's play a second voicemail from um, John, who I think is talking. John from Baltimore, I think, is talking about a similar concept. I was. Wondering if you thought it was interesting how Peridot had an episode dealing with her relationship with pretty much every gem, except the most recent being Lapis, but the other ones being Amethyst and Pearl in the episode where they built robots incarnate in uh, the one with the tape recorder. So I was wondering if you think that there's going to be an episode with Lapis, uh, Lapis's relationship with the other gems. Uh, she obviously has a lot of pent-up frustration against Pearl, and uh, I don't know how she feels about the other gems, uh, other than she just generally dislikes them because they're crystal gems. Okay, so this episode could be seen as the conclusion of our Peridot field trip arcs by yes. Peridot has her Lapis field trip. So now is it time for the Lapis field trips? I feel like we've already gotten... Two kinda, because you could count this as her field trip of paradox. Yeah, and then this, yeah, and then the Steven one was Steven. last. Yeah, so are we gonna have Lapis field trips with the Crystal Gems now? Is that what's next? I don't <laughs> think we're gonna get it immediately. I yeah, not right away for sure. It's, I feel like they're kind of winding down right now. 
it's interesting. I it's hard to imagine Lapis reconciling with other gems so quickly, even though we did they didn't really do anything to her. She they're just so representative of a lot of bad stuff. Um that being said, I didn't see the Paradox reconciling with the crystal gems that quickly uh. either, and that happened very fast. So I think it might be quicker than we think. Mm, My theory I mean, is it's gonna go uh. in reverse order. Reverse order. Paradox it was well, Steven first, because I consider uh, when it rains that one. Then back to the bottomless pearl. Too far was Amethyst. Uh, Log date was Garnet. I think Lapis is most likely to reconcile with Garnet, then Amethyst, Pearl last. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. true. Just because Pearl was the one who found her. Pearl was the one who kind of, I guess, used the mirror probably from what we saw of her interaction with the mirror. She probably has the most anger towards Pearl. Pearl is All also the, the most uh, like uh, hard-headed, I guess, of them. Like, I, I, yeah, I just, I think she'd be more stubborn with... Uh, with being, I don't know. I don't know if Port, Port Pearl is going to be having outpouring of love towards Lapis immediately. I feel that like seems... Amethyst and Lapis just won't get along based on style purely. Yeah. Like no anger. Just also Lapis. Pearl and Lapis pretty somewhat similar in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, I think that makes it harder and Garnet. Yeah. Garnet, you could see uh, reconciling. Well, I don't think Garnet particularly cares <laughs> uh, like if Lapis likes her or not, so yeah, I think... she referred to Lapis as Steven's friend, so yeah, it doesn't seem like she considers herself her friend. Yeah, so that's interesting. What do you think, Michelle? Field trips soon? No, absolutely not soon. I mean, I think the show might just kind of leave Peridot and Lapis in the barn, like up to their own shenanigans for a couple episodes without us seeing them, and we come back a little later when they're a little more settled in with each other. And go from there, but and we, I don't. And know. we come back, and they're dating, and no, they're not <laughs> dating. They're just maybe they get rid of that line on the floor. That'd be a big step. For yeah, me. they come back and they're fused, and then we just oh have a perma, God. another perma fusion character, and uh, that's how it's gonna happen, right? Maybe down Lapidot. the road, though. By the way, I didn't mention this briefly. Were you feeling the Lapidot in this episode, Michelle? Uh, uh, <laughs> I think this is one of those things where like. Shipping is the most fun when you have all this like imagination, but then once they start actually being real characters, you it's sometimes hard to stay committed. And I think for this particular ship, that is how I feel now. I I really hope they become friends. I think they could be very valuable assets to each other. But I I don't really ship it as much anymore, unfortunately. Uh, Justin, are you feeling the lapidot? I I feel the lapidot for two big reasons. One is canon. One is kind of. <laughs> Rebecca Sugar put out a thing on her Tumblr and I think Twitter of Lapis coming back to the barn or coming back to like an apartment, Peridot chilling on the couch in the alien boxers playing a game. It's Lapis coming home to her wacky roommate from last episode. It was perfect. And Peridot did not just blush in this episode. Her entire shade of skin changed. Like, go Uh, back and look at that. She grinned. No, when Peridot grins... And Lapis. She blushes, and then oh. her whole skin color becomes a brighter green. Yeah, I mean, I again, I've I've said that I say I this think, every like, time. Literally blush like so often. I say this every time. Blush blushing, blushing, blushing on the show is <laughs> blushing on the show is not indicative of <laughs> romantic just feelings. A blush. Okay, it's a super blush. Uh, super blush. Uh, hashtag super blush. Interesting. <laughs> So uh, Justin's feeling it, obviously the lapidot. Um, yeah, I think I, uh, I think that I think more fans are in on it now. I don't know. It was kind of really bigly shipped, bigly, really uh, widely shipped in between, um, like when we had new episodes. But at the same time, you're definitely seeing an influx of content now, for mm-hmm. sure. But that's to be expected. We'll see how it comes out. Whether people ship it more now, as Michelle was talking about, it, now that it's like reality or not, like act now that the characters are actually interacting like it's like if yeah it, some of the most ship things are always the fanon ones of the characters like uh zutar who never actually interact so um now that now that it's 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 a thing then we'll see how fans react um let's get to the clips i pulled from this week uh it could have been the entire episode it's kind of arbitrary the clips i pulled but let's uh start with this one h2 oh my gosh so, <laughs> I, oh my god, there's I so many good lines in this episode. Yeah, there's, there's, I didn't capture them all, but there's a lot. That, that one, I didn't see that initially as like super prominent, but people were definitely digging the awkward Peridot like Earth speak. Um, I think we have, I'll, we'll get to the other one. Let's just go in order. Um, well, no, let's go to this one next. I got your number. Oh yeah, that was the other awkward Earth speak. What do you think of I got your number from Peridot? Uh, 
I mean, I like can see why they want it to be funny. I'm not sure. I, th- I was just kind of like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. I mean, but... I think it, I don't. I think these are serving specific purposes other than pure humor as well. I think we're trying new character moments, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. those two lines. Mm-hmm. I've seen analysis of Peridot's like trying to mimic Earth lingo that she sees on TV or something like that. I wonder if we'll see. I got your number in campaigning hearts. If that's the reason that uh yeah here's here's they thought maybe amethyst had like taught her that line like, yeah like, it sounds like an amethyst that line. sounds like it makes sense this is my favorite paradigm line of the episode i feel like that's not getting enough traction I, that's the, i love it <laughs> that's the best that's the most paradox line to me of all of them it's great um here's uh another good paradox one i like the cut of your gem stephen quartz why does she call him Stephen yeah, Quartz? I like that. Why? That's like a TV sitcom line. Like, well, that's where she's getting it from. <laughs> yeah. Why does she call him Quartz though? That's his middle name. Because she knows he's a Quartz, and she keeps assuming, like, she keeps asking him, like, "Oh, well, you were made here, so like, you must yeah. know." It's like, no. I think she still kind of has a schema of Stephen as like yeah. Rose. You know, I think it's his, interesting. His but name the, is Stephen Quartz Universe. Well, I don't think I, I feel like I interpret it as more of a. Um, like that's her that's his like it's more of like how jasper would address um how it would address steven would definitely be like that like rose like yeah i i don't know i saw fan art of of jazz steven helping jasper and uh jasper being like why are you helping me little yeah rose, right? oh i love yeah. i love steven jasper comics we'll see we'll see if we're going to the jasper field trips after the lapis ones if that's gonna happen um here's another paradox one once i can play it here we go i got your number no, that's not what it was. Oh, what was it supposed to be? Let me try it again. Nope. Okay, it was. Uh, <laughs> what are you? What were you trapped in a tape recorder too? Oh, that was yeah. That was really funny. That's really great. <laughs> okay, my favorite is I could give her my Camp Pining Hearts DVD. Was season yeah. five garbage. Trash. Yeah, well, that's not a one-person quote, so I couldn't pull that. But yeah, that's uh, that was really great garbage. I know. Yeah, pretty good stuff. And here are my two favorite moments of the episode, um, as I've talked about before. These are. Two, I think two of the funniest moments for the series. Here's the first. Sorry I interrogated you. You were just full of such useful information. That's a sincere compliment. Paradox. You were, you were just full of such useful so information. Crazy. There was nothing wrong with the writing element. She just like botched it up so bad, but she like tried so hard. It should note. An hour on two sentences. Yeah, a whole hour. She was very sincere. As for Stephen's instructions. We should know that I think the two biggest moments, uh, the two funniest moments this episode, this is another one I'm going to play, are both Lapis delivered lines. Yeah. And they're both of them are like Peridot intent. Well, that one's a Peridot intent, but Jennifer Paz, I think, killed this episode. Like mm-hmm. giving uh, Shelby Bar a run for her money because that line was so great. The line read. I mean, it's also just a funny line, but the line read of that is so good. And here's the second one. It was an endless, crushing darkness, wet and bleak and suffocating. <laughs> Water was the tomb I lived in for those months. And that's great. I had to rewatch the episode, that specific part, like three times in a row because it was so good. Yeah, that part is is (laughs) It just takes you by surprise, you know? Because, like, that kind of humor, I don't think we've really seen anything like it in this show, but it was so good. It just kept going, and her face just kept getting closer. It was really great. Yeah, it, th- that's like a, co- a combination on all fronts. The writing of that line, how uh, Jennifer Paz's line re- reads that, and how uh, Hillary and Lauren animate that is yeah. so incredible. Yeah, it's it's uh, that, that that might be my one of my favorite sections of the show. That part, and, and it's interesting. I still I have serious qualms about how we're treating Lapis's uh, previous abuse, but like <laughs> I don't care. This was here. It was just so good. Like uh, that scene. I don't know. Um, those two together make the episode for me. I would say um yeah okay overall i don't know what are we we've talked about lapis's uh sympathy we've talked about uh, the lapidot um i feel like we fit on the major points here what about you guys anything you want to bring up i want to give props to the music real quick uh when lapis goes to fight the roaming eye they kind of warp in her theme and it's I, I love how they just bring back that one little motif and it just feels it's so creepy. Yeah. It's so creepy. It's perfect. It's like Lapis is back. This is Lapis. Now this more twisted version of her music. It's less melodic, more warped. And just, 
we I know we talk about the songs a lot, but the score on this show is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, definitely underrated the score on the show. I do think the end of the episode is more interesting than it should be. Which yeah, is we like haven't a... mentioned that. Well, it's because we know what happens. So we, just... <laughs> we all know. We God. can't really speculate, you know. I but... dropped explicitives I'm not allowed to say on this show when I first saw that. When you first saw the Gemini Ruby or the Oh yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I do I do think that like I like I said uh last podcast, the the end of the episode kind of throws the pacing off to me. It's like too, it's too like, okay, we have to have an event happen. Um, but like every, on all fronts, they kind of pull it off. And I think it's interesting. I think it's the score. I think it's uh, the animation. Like uh, all, uh, it's, 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 this episode does come together very well. Whenever it's, I rewatch the ending though, I have expect the Ruby to just say, you have to go back with me, Marty, back to the future. <laughs> uh, we'll see if that's what happens next time. <laughs> I mean, we know what happens next time, but yeah. Hey, so fly. Next week, we'll be back discussing Hit the Diamond. I mean, if you thought that we got a lot of discussion out of this episode, then we'll see what we get out of that one. Um, we'll be we'll have our episode discussion Thursday night, then our feedback show a uh, day or two after that. Going to be great. Uh, I, you guys good? Justin, Michelle? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let us know what you thought of any of this. Comments on uh, OverlyAnimated.com on the article uh youtube comments and subscribe to us for listening on youtube our tumblr asks anything we talked about anything about the episode um if you want to get your feedback in next week overlyanimated.com slash feedback uh after hit the diamond and if you want to like because you've seen it if you want to send it in now you can too but <laughs> like it's fine um and uh yeah that's i am del nison justin cummings michelle ander overlyanimated.com so you can find out everything about us in the podcast search for the overly animated podcast on itunes or your favorite podcatcher this ad free podcast is brought to you by our patrons uh you could support us on the best way to support us is on patreon uh patreon.com slash overly animated thank you very much to shana mitch cordell beatrice nate andy jamie rachel john ryan and Catherine, aka hey now fever mitch exchange nathan villian buzz like your mailman rachel rose johnny bravo brian and cookie cat also a good way to support us uh if you uh have been enjoying this think consider leaving us a review on itunes uh you can find the link to our itunes on overlyanimated.com click on the big purple i think itunes link and you should be able to leave a review there we greatly appreciate your itunes reviews uh yep i think that's it thanks for listening guys um next podcast me and delaney talking about an important episode of ladybug this weekend and then we'll be back next week discussing um more steven universe the super (laughs) prominent episode hit the diamond um me and mel will be finishing off our season of archer reviews with the finale next week gonna be uh good stuff there and we're not too far away from voltron we have big plans for the for the premiere of voltron so look out for that over com on our other social media thanks for listening guys we will see you next oh wait just wait joe justin wanted to plug the blogs yeah i want to plug the blog because i do that um overlyanimated.com i think slash blog or just click on the blog section just click on the blog button yeah yeah click on the blog button uh just today went up my hidden gems review of kappa mikey over the weekend i'll be doing part two of robo retro this time talking about uh voltron it's kind of confusing history the many times it's been shuffled around monday as always total drama review we're up to episode 11 and then robo retro part three robotech should be up sometime next week you're up to episode 11 on Total Drama? I am, yes. I've, Who can I've, you I've, trust? I've edited a, a 10 of those. Have I really? <laughs> well, 9, because I did part 1 and 2. Okay, well. I don't remember editing that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, check out J- Justin's doing great stuff on the blog section, and sometimes I also post something. And It's my uh, baby. Yeah, yeah, check out our, our articles there. We're trying to turn Overly Animated into your stop for uh, stuff on animation and stuff like that. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, check out everything we talked about. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.